discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today I'm sitting down with Emma Montgomery, the Chief Executive Officer at Leo Burnett Australia. Welcome Emma. Hi Darren, nice to have you. Nice to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Well look, thank you for uh, taking the time. Um, You're not exactly brand new in the job but it's only a few months, isn't it? Yeah, I got back to Australia in March, um, although it feels a little like dog years because I've, I've gone from one, one lockdown to another lockdown. Uh, yeah, and uh, Melinda has been gone for a couple of weeks now. So, so in the Australia role for a couple of weeks, but in the market since March. And uh, Melinda, you mean Melinda Gertz, Melinda who Gertz, is yeah. the long-term um, uh, Leo Burnett's stalwart and and such a terrific person. I mean, in some yeah. ways, uh, big shoes to fill, but also big opportunity. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I think Melinda and I have done the the shoe analogy many many times. In that, I don't think anybody can fit Melinda's shoes. She's uh, she's an incredible leader, uh, and she's look, she is Leo Burnett, um, and so it's it's both incredibly humbling to be picking up from someone of her caliber but also it's a great opportunity for us to sort of look at things fresh and you know kind of see what else might we want to be doing but uh yeah look she's a she's a huge reason why why I'm here why I'm in the industry um and yeah she's she's just such a such a brilliant leader yeah look and and that's what I meant huge opportunity because you actually bring quite a uh diverse and also uh, an expansive and interesting background to yeah. this role don't you I mean looking through and and sorry I stalked you on LinkedIn yeah. and checked out it's your, the way to do it <laughs> but uh you know there, there's a couple of themes coming through that I wouldn't mind exploring with you the first yeah, is sure. very strong focus on strategy Mm-hmm. And the second is the interesting, you know, the early part of your career was quite media-centric and then the latter more um, the, the creative side. So yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. But strategy, yeah. see, I, I find it such an interesting word, strategy, because lots of people talk about it but they really struggle defining it and its role, yeah. don't they? Yeah, totally. And and it's interesting because I think I've worked in almost every discipline of strategy um, from from all sorts of angles and and it's been you know a big thing for me to try and understand what to what do different types of agencies or different types of industries or even clients mean by by strategy and you know at its simplest I, I sort of just think it's it's the ability to problem solve um, and to sort of set, set a direction um, and it's interesting because I think in creative we equate it with planning um, and kind of often, you know, focus it entirely on brief writing, which I think is such a shame um, because it's such a it's such a bigger opportunity just to be really unpacking problems and looking looking for answers with clients, which to me is a much bigger um, discipline than than sort of how we think about it as a as a planning opportunity. Yeah, it's interesting because um, some people think strategy and planning are interchangeable, that they're almost synonyms of each other. But do you have a, a functional definition for yourself that separates the two? 
Yeah, I mean, to me, planning is is sort of the thing that comes out of strategy, you know. So strategy is is sort of setting the course and planning is, you know, defining all of the bones of the course. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of think about them as as quite quite different. To me, planning is, is a much more um, almost a detailed discipline, um, whereas I think strategy is, is a big thinking uh, growth discipline. Um, and so really sort of looking at, yeah, like the the unpacking of a problem, um, you know, and and, identif- and identification of a, of an outcome, um, you know. And again, I've I've worked in sort of you know comms planning and media planning and you know PR planning and digital planning, and they're all they're all really granular pursuits actually. So they sort of look at that that kind of problem solving from a particular angle. Um, so I think the 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 sort of the the just approach of, of strategy is almost sort of bringing all of those together and, and taking it up a notch. Yeah. I love the fact that you uh, call them all planning because I think one of the dangers and one of the things I've rebelled against in the past is that, like, there's more strategists than you could poke a stick at. You know, oh, when totally. you meet someone, <laughs> I'm the social media strategist and I'm going, well, are you ever actually going to give me a strategy that doesn't include social media? And they go, well, yeah. no. And I go, yeah. then really you're the uh, a, a social media salesperson, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, totally. I, but that's exactly right. Like I think you, like to some extent, those planning disciplines are, are very executional um, and, and by design they're executional. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at, from the lens of your your particular sort of vantage point, what what are all of the depths and details that you can do? Um, so you do need sort of people who can cut across and can can bring those things together. I think they're true strategists. I think we you know often we think about them as hybrids in this in the in the marketplace, but actually I think you're right. I think there's a, a difference between you know strategy and planning. Um, I think there's I think agencies have often gone into you know, subdividing strategy often to sell, you know, more skill sets. Um, and so sort of sort of the flavours uh, to, to create more scope. Um, but it's funny because it's almost like the, the bit that often gets gets missed out is almost the generalist. Um, and, and they, you know, that generalist, that translator, I think is often the most important person. Um, you know, and again, that skill set is, doesn't have to be a department you know some of the the best sort of strategists are creatives their account leads you know the clients um and and it is really a, a a way of thinking and kind of bringing to to problems um and then we've got specific departments who can pick that up and do something with that um but yeah i mean i yeah it's, it's interesting everybody's a strategist i guess that's you know that's probably uh, probably me too you know just uh, but yes it's it's definitely a definitely a thing well, the reason I, I, I bring it up is that I think there's such a screaming need from for marketers to have that strategic thinking. Like yeah. many of them have invested in it within their own organisations, but the part yeah. that's missing is having someone outside of the organisation yeah, that totally. still has the focus of wanting the client to be hugely successful but is not embedded in the culture and the politics and all of those things and this is where agencies could be doing you know amazing business but it feels sometimes that they've given up that territory to the you know the management consultants of all yeah oh gosh yes god I could talk about this forever yeah I, I agree I think we've 
actually just finished writing an article about this um, and and it's interesting because right now, like if you look at the Gartner survey and it's talking about where a CMO is looking for growth and the the biggest focus is on their existing business and so looking within their customer base for, for business. There's very few, I think there's only 7 or 8% of people who are looking outside of their existing market um, to, to grow and that's been the problem is we keep we, we are optimising ourselves to, to death and there's sort of no expansion of thinking into, well, what happens next? You know, we've got uh, optimization and performance have become the most, the most critical uh, KPIs as opposed to you know, looking at growth from a more imaginative, imaginative sort of place and sort of saying, well, where else could it come from? What are the paths that we don't know yet? And, you know, you've got this moment right now with with COVID, like one of the weirdest set of circumstances where you've got a market that's closed, you know, you literally can't go anywhere. People are making decisions in whole, in completely different ways, um, you know, than they have in the past, some of which is by necessity and some of which is by design. And all of that suggests maybe there's some new things that could create, be created. And for that, you kind of need, you need bigger thinking, you need people who can look around corners, you could need people who can say, that thing over there actually could be connected to this thing over here um, and that might help create something new. Um, but, yeah, that kind of the difference between value capture and value creation, we should be capturing value. That's, that's, that's the, our job. That's sort of, you know, effectiveness. But value creation, there's very little of that happening. Um, and I think that's, that's the exciting and part about sort of coming back is saying, um, you know, where could that be possible in the Australian market? Um, it feels like the market has gone sort of quite narrow and insular and I think sort of that bigger thinking and looking up um, is, is so much of the possibility, especially when you compare it to, to the consultancies because, again, you know, they've got an incredible business but their business is largely built on um, repeatability, um, you know, predictability, knowing that when we do these things, these are the things that will happen. And so there's sort of no room for... Um, you know, imagination, humanity, you know, craziness, chaos, like the things that sort of are the things that, that are going to get us somewhere that we didn't even know we were going to go. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I think there's something super interesting in that. Emma, do you think there's also a problem with the fact that agencies have become so synonymous with producing advertising and comms oh, yeah. Yeah. that... that they're in, people are inclined to think, well, I'll only go to them to get some advertising. I, yeah. you know, it's almost like you don't think of an agency as providing solutions because they're really just the manufacturer of advertising. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think that's exactly it. Is made you, it's, we're in the process of sort of thinking about what, how do you, what are we selling and what are people going to buy from us? And, and that's the thing is if you only think of us as, the things that we can create for you are the assets, you know, even if that asset is an idea, um, but it's really sort of thought of in more like sort of asset fa fashion, it, you're not really sort of thinking about, well, actually you could be a partner to, to me and growth in a completely different way to some of the other partners that I have. Um, and, yeah, I think we've, I think over time we've gotten even more executional. Um, and I don't know what happened, whether it was, you know, the, the marketplace got really specialised um, and so we felt like we needed to say, no, this is our bit. Um, but that kind of, again, that sort of generalist space that I think, you know, brilliant agencies used to do 
many years ago and sort of occupied that space of, you know, it was the thinking, it was the idea of sort of that the creativity was a big part of how how the brand kind of came to life. I think that that era is 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 not not here anymore, and and I think you know a lot of that's on us as as agencies to redefine our proposition. Um, but we have to give clients something better to buy, um, you know. So you know we can't just expect them to go, yeah, I I believe that you're going to be able to do all these other things for my business. Um, when for the past decade we've been selling them production. <laughs> well, it's interesting, yeah, absolutely, and it's interesting because the. We still have conversations with clients when they're talking about selecting agencies and they go, I don't want an agency that's just going to do a TV ad. Yeah. Now, that's a remnant of the rise of you know, technology in, in the mid-90s. You know, I was still a, a copywriter back then and there was this new division called interactive Oh yeah, yeah. And before even we had the word digital, there was interactive, and and yeah. it was this special area, and you had to be a bit of a propeller head, and and yeah. there were quite a few direct marketers were attracted to it yeah. because there was some data and 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 you know customer insights from data and things like that. But then it became um, uh, digital, and yeah. then dig- there was digital specialists and everyone else, and it was it became a put down to say that an agency really focused on television. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Like we we got so specialised and, and you know, it's interesting because I think a lot for a long time it was, like, it was almost expected. It was like don't use the word digital because, you know, everything's digital and that's true for sure. Um, but I think that actually almost it, it sort of moved us away from even the magic of digital. So it's interesting you say the word interactive. I feel like when it was interactive, it was so much better. Like mm. we were actually building experiences on the internet. We weren't building banners, you know. We were actually building sort of, you know, websites and, you know, games. And and it was the start of almost the the exploration of what that that medium could be. Um, and that that bit was really fun. Um, and a lot of the, you know a lot of businesses that were really successful at that time were kind of built on that. And then kind of digital came along and it became, oh, no, it's just everything. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we sort of almost kind of wrapped it all in and it's it's lost its, it's, lost its charm. Um, but, yeah, we've and, you know, in the meantime, we've said, hey, everything else is no longer valid. Um, and, you know, agencies like us who have had like a big heritage in, in broadcast and, you know, and that's a big part of how, how brands are built. Um, have had to almost be like, oh no, we're we're not that, we are that. Like, um, it's it's, it's you can't say we don't do TV because yeah. TV's part of the mix, you know, for yeah. the right client. Yeah. TV's absolutely the right decision. Um, yeah. It's interesting that you use the the term about the generalists because mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people, and not just in in this market, but you know, this market's particularly hit. Uh, a lot of agencies are saying it's becoming incredibly expensive to recruit that generalist, you know, someone that's got a good founding uh, yeah. experience in digital, but they also get everything else and have that yeah. generalist experience. Um, and, in fact, we're hearing things like, you know, 10 20% increases in salaries just to either attract those people from where they are or even retain them within. Yeah. I mean, this must be on your mind as a CEO because part of it, uh, the job is talent management, isn't it? Yeah, and the talent look the talent market at the moment is is incredibly hard um, in 
both finding people, keeping people. Look, I think I think you've got a lot of people who are reassessing right now and, and you've got a market that's very, very attractive. So you can completely understand it. You know, if you're a, especially sort of certain levels of, of people that they're really sort of taking the opportunity to, to look around and find something that works for them. So, you know, for a lot of what that means for us is, well, we need to be something that works for them. And actually it's interesting. I think like I'm, I'm a big believer in, we should upskill people. So, you know, and, and I'm probably, you know, that's probably one of the things that's happened to me in my career. It's been not, um, hey, you can't do that because you're the media girl, you can't work in creative or, you know, I, when I was in, in media, I, I sort of moved into data and analytics and sort of learnt that. And I'm a, I'm, I think you can kind of find what people are, what's their kind of core competency and teach them things, <laughs> you know, and that doesn't mean, hey, sit and watch, you know, like loads and loads of um, of training videos about these things, but I think you know, giving people sort of the opportunity to work on on new things so that they can pick up new skills, um, I think that's I think that's really key. And actually, that's where things like the group are really helpful because you know there's only within Leo Burnett there's there's the problems that I'm going to face um, and the the client work that we have. And there's, you know, there's there's a limit to the things that we uh, we are practicing. Um, but then you look at uh, across our group, you've got Digitask, got all the media agencies, you've got Sapient, um, you've got Performance, Mercer Bell. So actually, the ability for us to create a really well-rounded person um, who lives in Leo Burnett but works on a project with Performance, Mercer Bell, and you know, does something with Sapient, that's the best way to learn. Um, and so sort of I, I think a lot of it's um, creating that cross-pollination um, of skill sets and, you know, giving people exposure to new things and sort of helping them learn things along the way because, you know, half of them, half of the people don't know that they didn't, that, you know, something was going to be of, of real interest to them until they, they kind of dive in and discover that they are passionate about SEO, you know. <laughs> like, but, you know, they just haven't haven't had exposure to that so you know I, I think it's going to be it's it's too expensive for us to to buy um we have to grow um and and I also just think it's it's good practice for us as an agency to be growing people well I think Emma that you know one of the things that you touched on there is the fact that in some ways we could almost have career paths like the old apprenticeships where yeah you, know, yep. you have time in each of these areas one, it yeah. gives you an appreciation of all of the different skills and disciplines, but also yeah. it makes you much more well-rounded so that when you get to a point in your career where you want to then, you know, you have an aptitude or a desire to work in a particular area, you can still talk the language of all those other areas because that seems to be one of the big issues these days is that we've yeah. built all these very deep silos, but yeah. we haven't created the opportunities to talk across those yeah and I, I think they're going to be the most important skill sets um sort of these translators or you know the people who and that's why I really want to set us, us up as expert generalists because we can't know everything and we are not specialists in everything but we need to be literate in the the core of, of sort of next generation marketing and so you know that means that we can be really good partners to our clients to help Know, move them in the right directions, which doesn't mean that we're going to do all of the work. We shouldn't. We are not specialists in many of the areas that they that our clients should be in. Um, but we do need people who understand that. And you know, really, that's sort of the the kind of person that that we're looking to to have and and to recruit. And 
yeah, increasingly that's, that's yeah, it's it's having experience across multiple clients, multiple businesses within, within the group. I think that's probably our, our kind of core way of sort of building building people that way. But, yeah, I mean, my, my career has been sort of that way. It's been built on um, sort of spending time in, in different places, sort of trying different things on, to be honest. Um, and, again, I think that has... Uh, you, you mentioned like it, it helps you not only understand how those disciplines work, but I feel like I've got a real respect for them because, you, man, you, you figure out how hard things are. Like if you only know the things that you know, you look at everything else and I think we do this, you know, as agencies, we look at each other and sort of go, oh, that's not hard or, you know, what are they doing? That's, that's really easy. I'd do it that way. And you sort of look at it from the ang- other angles and you're like, actually, this is tricky. Um, and so I think that kind of empathy for you know, different, different disciplines, different approaches um, so that you can sort of say, actually, I need to, I need to put my biases aside and, and know this isn't the right thing for the client, that is. Um, I think they're the kind of skill sets that we need to develop. But, yeah, but you need the breadth of experience to be able to do it for sure. It's always interesting because when we um, talk about agency fees, too often the agency fees are structured in a way that the agency is incentivized to sell more of the things that they do yeah. rather than being paid to actually say, no, don't do this, put the money yeah. over there because it's like, oh, my God, you know, the CFO, the agency CFO is pulling their hair out because someone's just pushed a couple of million dollars onto another agency yeah. and, uh, and we've lost revenue. How... How much of that business aspect of agencies, and and it's really happened since media and and creative unbundled. Yeah. How much do you think of that is is still a big challenge for agencies? Oh, huge. I mean, agencies' jobs are twofold. They need to grow their client and they need to grow themselves. And, you know, really they're going to grow themselves and they grow their clients. And the the true agnostic agency says what's going to grow the client and if that happens, I will grow. And that doesn't have to be my services. It just is, you know, really that's, again, back to strategy, you know, being more of a consultant to your client and, and sort of playing that role. Um, but, yeah, increasingly that's not the where agencies are positioned. They're positioned as, as executors. So, you know, that's what's the old adage, if, if you've only got a hammer, every problem's a nail. You know, there's, some, there's something in that. It's true. And, yeah, in agencies is okay. So I, my, I'm a comm specialist. I'm going to look at this and the answers communications. When you know we know a lot of the time in the moment the answers experience. And so I think, look, there's you know I'd love to say you know it's probably the most <laughs> I'd love to say yeah we we don't care about any of that. We're doing the most sort of you know the, the we look at everything um, agnostically, um, but. You know, I, I think where we've got good um, relationships with our clients where our expertise is valued, you know, financially to be able to play that role, um, I think that is that is the best sort of use of our time. That's the best use of our expertise. Um, and I think not every, not every agency and not every discipline can do that. I think there is a really interesting kind of role for creative agencies as that um, and sort of that idea of almost that they live, I think, upstream and downstream. Um, and they've they've kind of really pushed themselves downstream when I think actually the bigger value is upstream. Yeah. Um, it, the the challenge is yeah over time how do we get paid for that? And I guess you know I kind of believe that if you if if you behave that way 
we'll figure it out to some extent. Um, and some of it is, you know, create because you will have a better relationship with your client because the client, you will help the client um, be put into growth. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a real tricky one, but it's, it's really important, um, you know, for us. And, and I think that's, again, that's why consultancies kind of work because they get to kind of come in and say, hey, you should do that. And then they go away. Like, and there's, you know, there's something about like that, we've always been attached to we don't just consult we do and that's that's a little bit of a challenge we almost need to split some of those apart and say there's a role for us as consultants and there's a role for us as doers and those are different roles yeah absolutely because then in a way you can feed into those funnels of doing without being attached to it you know, yeah, you totally. are, it, it separates the two. Look, you yeah. mentioned before you started out uh, in media was Starcom was the first. Uh, I love, yeah, so by I, the way, I love media. Uh, as a creative, I quickly discovered uh, media because that's where all the best tickets to the best events were. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> so I, look, I, I love media and I am so fortunate to have grown up that way actually I think it I think it has really shaped how I think about the world um and actually I'm an even bigger weirdo because I grew up in media but I was never I've never been a media planner or buyer um I was a media strategist um but again sort of was really sort of divorced from from the kind of actual the actual doing of the planning and buying when I very very first started my job was to build um media models um, and to look at how does how does advertising work? And so I sort of I just finished a degree in politics, and I think I got my job because I knew how to use a statistical system. <laughs> um, and so you know, so they were like, "Hey, you know how to do this? You should you should come here." Um, and so that kind of you know uh, qualitative brain meets quantitative brain um, on really on looking at marketing for the first time and sort of really understanding from a granular level how does everything work um that's been such a great grounding for me um and I really I think I think media often gets a bad name um but that that sort of ground up um perspective is really valuable um when you kind of bridge it with that sort of top-down perspective that creative has I think that kind of marriage of how do I unpack something from the bottom up and really understand how all the pieces work I love that part of media um, and I think that is a real creative creative pursuit. Yeah, I, I find it interesting looking at the way you know marketers generally separate the two. In that, often they'll see media as superficially it looks quite straightforward. You know, I take yeah. money and I buy audiences' eyeballs, so they think it's quite straightforward. Whereas creative has that element of magic you know there's sort of a brief and strategy and then suddenly you know wow here's the creative and isn't that amazing but because it's so obvious and in your face in some ways it's very easy to have an opinion about it you know I like that ad or I don't like that ad whereas you can't it's much harder to have that same uh, evaluate personal evaluation of media. You know, I like that strategy. I don't like that strategy. I like <laughs> I really that like media that plan. I, yeah. yeah, gee, those X's look particularly good yeah, in those right. boxes. You know, yeah. it, it, there is. You know, I always say media to me is like the ancient game of Go. You know, the rules are very simple, but it takes a lifetime to master. Oh, did definitely. you find? Did you find the same thing? Yeah. Look, it's. I mean, it's a science, and and. 
you know, there's there's an art to the science, and I think the best media agencies have art and the science. You know, I think you, I think part of the the interesting thing that's happened since you know media became much more about ad tech and you know uh, and data is that it's it's in an automation um, is that 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 kind of humanity of it. Um, has has changed a little so I think there is you know and you're sort of relying on again on the repeatable predictable you know what do we know um you know the models of the past to really sort of predict the future and you know you think about the you know the the likes of the you know in in my era of growing up in media I think the biggest change was when Maked came in and you know and and Bellamy Hayden and sort of that that kind of the advent of it's not media it's 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 sort of connections planning and it's and and that is the most important thing a brand can do is is architect all of the encounters that it's going to create between a brand and a consumer and that really lifted the game of every other media agency because I know I looked at it and went damn that's smart like yeah. that's so smart and and it made sense of so much that I had known and, and was doing and I'm like that's that's incredible um, and I think you know over time lots of media agencies got really good. Um, so that that discipline got really, really good. But, you know, I think that is the, that's the magic of it is, you know, the the ability to kind of look at all of these things and, and construct, you know, the, all of the different permutations in a way that's going to create something incredible for a brand. I think that's the, that's the beauty and magic of media that I think, you know, until you're in it, it, you, you, it looks really easy and it's like, actually, it's really hard. Yeah, it's interesting though because you know, and you're right. You know, the the nakeds, the Bellamy hate. I mean, it, there was this real transformation of the way people yeah. thought about media, but not it wasn't to suit every client. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, there are a vast number of media clients that were happy to have right. Well, here's the brief. Am I going to get preconceived media plan A, B, and C? Just hit, you know. Uh, yeah, Apple, totally. Uh, yeah, control P and print it out and send it across to me with the yeah. latest rates. You know, yeah, totally. Sometimes media is turned into such a um, mundane, prosaic uh, uh, discipline purely because it's not really appreciated for what it can do. Yeah, I think it can be very commoditized for sure. Um, and, you know, look, there's some clients who, you know, Cool. If that's what you want, but but again, I mean, it's it's like there's, there's clients like that in creative, but you then it's going to want to be efficient and you know not take all your time, and then you, you put your effort effort and emphasis on the the clients where I think it can make a bigger difference. But yeah, look, I think you know, I think the commoditization of media and the you know, and I think that's look, I I think that's the challenge now when it's who's got the best data, who's got the best system, you know, and it, your I guess that that is, you know, incredibly powerful and potent, but also I think it's it is sort of it does lend to the suggestion that like, well, it, it can all be done the same way. So yeah. I think, you know, just that that the the really good media leaders, I think, are the ones who can help really start to kind of take that as 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 toolkits and inputs, but but bring something so much bigger and better to it. And so what do you think was lost when we separated media and creative? Because, you know, we're yeah. now seeing a trend without putting them back together, though some of the independents are trying to do it. But yeah. certainly we're seeing a 
at least a philosophy, if not an action, to, to try and connect the two back together. Yeah, and I think, look, I think there is a lot to be said for that. So, you know, I think what we lost when we separated it was this sort of the the maybe misguided notion that an idea can be conceptualised without thought for how is somebody going to experience it. And, you know, and that, that, that the, and that's sort of the whole idea of like connections finding is that the experience of it is as important as the message. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's the big shift was it was always where do I put my ads versus how do I create this connection? And I think that's, that's sort of what media brought to the table is here's how I, here's how you can create a connection that isn't just I'm going to tell somebody something somewhere. Um, but it's actually, you know, thinking about audiences, thinking about, um, you know, again, like placement, thinking about when and where and all of that kind of context, I think, is is really critical. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my kind of take on the whole um, and, and we sort of went through this um, uh, so many years ago when we were building um, a media practice at Leo with, with Diageo and I remember um you know, the, the constant thing was, hey, well, yeah, you know, it's just a bring back together of the of the two things and, you know, this should have happened. And, you know, my take on that is had it not divorced, um, uh, that, that kind of, that renaissance of media wouldn't have happened mm. um, because I started in, um, I started when media and creative were together. Um, I started at Leo Burnett in, uh, I won't even say, but like yeah, uh, yeah. back when, I, when they were. I, I yeah, always say last then. millennium. Yeah, Mal- last, last millennium, millennium. yeah. Back when they were they were together, and you know, I, I remember at that time, you know, media was was still, and it, and it, you know, not that this has massively changed, but it was the really kind of told what to do. Um, so it was like, this is what's going to happen, and and these are the places, and and this is you know, this is what I need you to do. And I think that divorce, <laughs> um, to some extent, created a voice for media, and I think you know, it let places like um, like Bellamy Hayden and and they could thrive. Um, and go and sort of create that, you know, even like definitely Starcom, but like Mindshare was an incredible kind of planning house at, at sort of at that time. And you know, I think that that would never have happened had they been, you know, the media arm of a creative agency. I think that sort of the idea that um, that that it's a that it's a practice and that it's a and that in and of itself it's got some some shape and importance. So that when it comes back together, I think there's more of a voice, you know. Yeah. Um, so you're not just getting dictated to by creatives. <laughs> Sorry, Emma, you, you, you're making me laugh and I'm trying to stop it because we sit there now in media pictures going, well, here's two and a half hours of a conversation around media. And yeah. I can remember being in pictures yeah. where the creative, the strategy, the creative was presented and then it was like, oh, we've only got five minutes, yeah. show us the media was totally. the very end of it. Yeah, you know, it was like, well, let's do all the colour and the show and tell on and we'll tag it on the end. Whereas by the now way, it gets yeah. you know, it gets lots of time and, and lots of discussion, which is great. Yeah. And and maybe, you know, interestingly, I like I wonder whether it's almost it's almost split, you know. So, you know, certainly in the US, every major pitch is a is a media pitch, even when it's a creative pitch. Like anything that's really highly scaled. Um, the primary thing that's driving it is is media, and you know those. I think those decisions are now starting to shift. So you know, it's almost interesting as to you know will will we have different disciplines over time? Like I don't know, maybe maybe media will eat creative. Could be. It's interesting you should say that because the best 
examples I have of where the two are brought back together are all from the US. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the old saying about putting the tube back into the toothpaste is really stupid because it's not about going back to what we had. Yeah. But finding a new way going forward. And I really love the fact that media agencies have access to so much data. They have yeah. publisher data, they have platform data, they have their own data, they have their, you know, their clients, their clients' data, you know, more data than they could poke a stick at. And the really yeah. great amalgam of the two is where media actually starts the process by giving the strategists huge, whether they're creative agency or media agency, it's irrelevant, but huge amounts of data and insights into customer behaviour or consumer behaviour that then enriches the strategy and enriches even the creative brief to the creative team because there's so much about what the person's done. It's no longer, you know, um, uh, homeowners with children, you know, grocery buy. Yeah, this is is no longer this broad segment. They get down to really deep segmentation that's brought to life by the behaviour of those people. It's fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and the US, look, the, the wealth of data there um, is, is, is pretty incredible, um, you know, certainly, you know, in, in our group with with the Epsilon kind of acquisition and, and all of the data that that you can that that brought to us, um, you know, just the granularity of not just sort of like the you know we used to do segmentations and we would build these segments and we would be like this is you know here's sort of it's almost like you were hoping that this is the consumer <laughs> that you were going to talk to, and now you're like I I I can build that addressability into everything I do. So there's sort of the gap between knowing and doing um, has has really been um, removed. And so no, I think using that to kind of better understand that that granularity of data paired with sort of a bigger picture of okay but where does it where do we go with that I think is is pretty is pretty great yeah absolutely now you did mention and you've mentioned a couple of times about you know uh being part Leo Burnett's is part of Publicis and Publicis is a whole range of uh of different companies but under all owned by one holding company um what there seems to be a, the industry, holding company industry split. We've got IPG and Omnicom Media Group on one side who are very much about their individual brands. They're, but Publicis and, and especially the concept of Publicis One and this idea that they are parts that can come together. You know, years ago it was WPP's horizontality under Sir Martin, but even Mark Reed seems to be going down that same path. How do you as the leader, and you are you know, a leader of Leo Burnett, how do you reconcile the strength and importance of the Leo Burnett brand inside the concept of Publicis One? Yeah, definitely. And look, you know, you can, I think at the very first years of, of, of Power, Power of One, um, you know, this was the, the reckoning. It was like, hang on a minute, are we all going to go away? And, you know, I remember... Like that was that was a lot of the conversation, and had have had many of these conversations with our tour. And the the fact is, there's it, it's sort of back to the to the media piece. You need both. You need you need you need depth and breadth. And there is the thing that I think of is 
I know I know what our superpower is, and this is sort of what what Mike Rabello talks about is is sort of is to connect and we- weaponize and connect. Is know know what your superpower is, and know where you need partners. And so that's sort of the beauty of it is there's I can't do everything as we open it. There's so many things that are going to be right for our clients that we just aren't um, the right solution for. But within the group model. Um, we are able to provide that solution. And so, it, again, it doesn't mean that you have to go on contract with a whole other agency. I can literally go upstairs and say, here's, here's a specialist that we can bring to this particular project that will enhance it. So to me, it's, a, it's such a future-proof model because it really is thinking about brands as platforms and saying, so the core of your platform might be based on you know creativity and that's us. Um, but on these particular things, here's where we bring balance internet in and they can help you with your D2C strategy or here's where we can you know, bring Sapient to the table or here's where you know, Digitas is, is engaged. And again, those things don't have to be by everybody all the time, but it can be, I just need a, an answer for this particular thing that looks like you know, parts, of, parts of a person or, or sort of really so curating the right people to, to the right problem. So to me, I, look, I and maybe I've drunk the Kool Aid too much, but I, I think it's actually, uh, I think it's really helpful. And I know in many of the businesses that I work on, um, and that we work on, it's it is it, it creates a better solution. So you know, it's it, you don't have to be, you know, we can't we can't answer this. We can't we can't sort of help you with that. It actually sort of expands um, it expands our impact. Um, and it, it makes us really clear, clear about the things that, you know, what is our core. And um, Mike Rabello said that, uh, you know, you work and report on an agency P&L. So that means that there's not that, uh, you know, oh, this is my client or, you know, pr- you're not playing a protection game, I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, again, I guess it, you know, sort of goes back to that whole, I almost feel like it's it's generosity. Like it's if you if you do good things for your clients and you sort of have have their best interest in at heart, I think that eventually sort of everything kind of comes your way. And so it's the same thing with the group. It's we're running our race, but our race is part of you know a, a pretty great um, suite of people who can help you. Um, and it really is that support. So it's uh, you know we know what we need to do. We know we know the strengths and weaknesses of the stuff that that we're up to. Um, and we know where there's there's sort of great partnerships and con- connectivity within the group. So you know from a and, and we do look at it sort of in in totality. So you know that's a I mean it's a it's a good model I think. So you know I've worked in worked in the Omnicom model. Um, I've and very different. So that's you know that that is build everything in a brand, and I think that is really great for the brands because that that makes them feel feel really strong. I think it's really hard. Um, to to truly do um, because eventually you're going to run out of you know people and investment and and you can't do everything whereas I think this helps us you know and the other thing is I mean the group's investing in things they're buying you know companies and data and things that are about sort of future proofing us as opposed to you know that that is what the benefit of sort of being part of a, a wider solution is is that it's not just the agencies it's it's all of the infrastructure that comes with the idea of um, kind of building building brands for a, for a more platform world. And I think from a marketer's point of view, there's still the opportunity to, you know, go to Leo Burnett or go to Sarch totally. or go yeah. to Cara and still have that sense of 
the the brand that each of those represents and knowing that it's um that you know the the publicist group is behind it i i yeah. see the metaphor as being like a department store with multiple entries and each entry is you know specific to the choice of the customer so they yeah. can enter from the the entry into the publicist department store is what it, well it used to be the drug store on uh, <laughs> on uh, yeah and the, the champs but uh, the, the, the metaphorical uh, department store is whatever best suits you from a, a cultural and, uh, and uh, values perspective. Yeah, and that, look, that's exactly it. And, and, and again, it's like, well, what is it that you need? And that might be, hey, I, I actually just want you, Leo Burnett, to manage all of these other partners for us and we can do that. Or it might be, actually, I'm really interested in creating this cross-functional team mm. And the benefit is that it's it's sort of unbranded. We can do that, and you know we're a little bit less precious. I mean, we know we know the thing that that Leo Burnett brings to the table, and why you would you know why you buy us, and that's sort of that's that's my job is to make sure that the marketplace understands that. Um, but there's many times when I'm going to take my Leo hat off and put my group hat on, um, and and work as work as a team with with my colleagues and. I personally really enjoy that. So, you know, I think that's, that's, and I think that's for some clients, that's, that's great. And for other clients, they, they don't need that. So, you know, it's really de- designing the right thing. Uh, Emma, this has been a terrific conversation. Clearly, you know, just looking at the background, your background and your experiences, listening to you talk now, I'm really excited to see what you're going to do in the next uh, 12 months, three years, five years. I think, uh, you know, it'll be terrific to watch. Thank you for uh, taking the time and sharing that with us. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been great to spend this rainy afternoon uh, thinking about, you know, creativity and and beautiful agencies. Now, there's something you mentioned before and um, you you were talking about knowing what your superpower is. So I don't mind, uh, I wouldn't mind if you indulge me here. Thinking about your your personal superpower, if you were a superhero, which one would you be? Mm-hmm.